Welcome everybody to this edition of Low Hanging Fruit. My name is Luke Saint, and with me I have Tyrus the Virus. Say hi, Tyrus. Hey guys, it's good to be back on the podcast. We are recording this time. Yes, we're recording <laughs> this time. Last time I made the mistake of doing the screen record, and I was like, okay, everything's recording because I pushed the record button. But no, 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 no. Now this time we're recording on both the uh, audio and the video. So this week we have some great selections for you. We're a little late to this argument, but we think it's still appropriate to talk about it. It has to do with the uh, since we're still in the Pride Month. Um, we're, we're, we're still in it and, um, we're going to talk about, um, the first video has to do with the chosen hanging or not the chosen, but somebody who worked for somebody mm-hmm. at the chosen had a pride flag on his, uh, equipment. Someone got a picture of it and, you know, a lot of people were asking questions and Dallas Jenkins got on there saying, well, you know, we'll talk about that, but let's go we'll start with Ruslan's take on it. Uh, he's going to start, uh, talking about it. And um, we'll talk about a pastor that later came on to Ruslan's show and gave some good perspective. So let's have a listen to Ruslan. Here we go. Is a part of Turning Faith USA. That is Charlie Kirk's organization. That is. Um, he said Turning Faith is actually Turning Point USA. You know, and, and, and as you know, guys like um, uh, Ruslan can really surprise you because mm. you hear stuff like that and you're like, oh my goodness, this guy's clueless. But then every now and then he just comes out with like this really, it's like. The only way you knew that is if you read a book about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, like, uh, I think the video I sent you, he kept saying, um, instead of theonomist, he was saying theominist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and, you're, you watch Ruslan pretty regularly. I've only seen, like, a few videos of his. Um, I don't I don't follow him personally, but uh, you, you said you, you like some of the stuff he has there. Like, you know, sometimes he... I, where would you put him? I, 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 I like him because... Um, I, I, I feel like he's, he's honest about things. Mm. I've seen him... I've seen him take away some of his loyalties to people because of their theology, and mm. I usually trust people who do that. Yeah, like that's he, a hard thing to he, do. He threw Andy Stanley under the bus because of Andy Stanley's really bad take on homosexuality. <laughs> and I saw him go from an Andy Stanley fan to like a, no, 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 this is way wrong, this is way wrong. So I don't know if where he stands on Andy Stanley now, if he's like, oh, he's definitely a false teacher, or if he's just like, oh, he's just misled. Mm. But, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, he lets the post-millennialists get on there. Is that video, other video I sent you oh, yeah. he, of uh, uh, Joel Webbin, he yeah, just, he just love let, him. And, and, and <laughs> it's a great video if you get the chance to watch it. Joel Webman, he lets Joel Webman, uh, he, he plays a video of Joel Webman just go into town on the We Lose Down oh, Here yeah, argument. Oh, yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I remember. And Ruslan and his buddy are sitting there with their mouths open, and they're just like, they're not saying anything. They were like, this is the greatest take I've ever heard. <laughs> you know, they kept saying, this is a banger, man. This guy's great. And they weren't like saying, well, I don't know about that, Joel Webman. You know, but they were just like, wow, this is amazing. And they're just like, Joel Webman, he's like, he's going to town on this whole idea of um you know this pessimistic eschatology yes. and it was just a great video watch because they're just ruslan and his buddy is just sitting there just like <laughs> mouths open and like. that's basically how you watch every joel webbin episode <laughs> because he just he doesn't care what you think he's just like this is what i believe right here's what i and if you're gonna if you here's something that i really encourage you to do if you believe something just say it like you believe it mm. i remember getting mm. it i remember <laughs> when i was in ministry um uh, the the pastor was asking when I was preaching afterwards and we were evaluating the sermon. He's like, I'm just, why do you tend to speak like that way? You know, this is, and he's like, you know, with tone, I was like, well, the reason I speak it so forthrightly and so confidently is because I believe it. Mm. Like how else would, would yeah. I preach it? If what I'm saying is true, why would I say it in a wishwashy kind of way? I, which, anyway, I'm sorry. I can't I, believe a pastor's asking you this question. I don't want to open up a can of worms about that experience, but I, I, I can, but I can't at the same time. You know, it's like I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was just the beginning of a long line of, well, I don't like your tone. You sound like a teacher. You sound like you teach with authority. And I'm like, well, this is not what the Bible tells us to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. In, in Timothy, I think it is, or is it Titus, when Paul's like, uh, rebuke and exhort with all authority. I think that's Titus, yeah. Yeah, tight. And he's just like, there it is. I mean, I mean, it doesn't make you you're right all the time, but yeah. man, if you if you believe the scriptures, then you and you're standing on the authority of the Bible, then rebuke with all authority for yeah. Pete's sakes. Yeah. And this and this is a pastor. What's that? It sounds like you have something like that that dirty word, conviction? conviction? Yeah, 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 yeah. Conviction. Con- conviction. Conviction. That's yeah, what yeah. it is. It's almost like I, I believe what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's the thing is like when when you have the scriptures like I think it's okay in a sermon when you're like, when something's a little unclear and like, this is like, you can say like, I could be wrong on this, but this is where I've come to my biblical convictions. Maybe I don't, I don't think, I mean, maybe you could speak on that with less, a less, less authority like, but when it comes to what's clear in the scripture, always just preach it like it's like it, it's gospel truth because it is. And that was kind of my contention with the whole, the whole conversation. Again, we don't have to get into it, but like, I'm like, well, what I said was absolutely true. And like, there's no debate about what I said. So why wouldn't I preach it as if it's absolutely true because it is absolutely true. (laughs) So I don't, don't it's just like, you kind of like, know you think, I should say, you think that these conversations are going on behind closed doors that pastors are saying to, 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 to their assistant pastors, like you got to tone it down. You know, like, you know, you're preaching with conviction, you know, that this, that's weird, you know, and you, but you're like, this can't be, they can't be having this conversations. And here's Tyra sitting here. Yeah. Yes. We had that conversation yes. where the pastor took me inside and was like, why are you preaching with so much conviction? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> what are we doing here, man? Know. What's this all about? Good <laughs> gravy. Anyway. Okay. Here we go. But that's one reason why I like Ruslan. Yeah. He, he appears to have something called conviction. And, and I've seen him like confront people and I, I think he's, he's level headed about a lot of things. I think he's wrong about a lot of things. Like he, you know, I, I think he's got some bad takes on some stuff, but, um, he, he gives people a chance to speak mm. and, uh, he lets some really cool cats onto his show and he, he, he's flirting. I mean, I, I, this isn't my standard of approval, but I'm happy that he's flirting with post-millennialism. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I hope post-millennialism is true. And that's usually what people say before they're like. I believe post-millennialism is Yeah, true. like your, your dad says, because uh, I'm not post-millennialist, he's like, well, you basically are. Like, it's right. like, it's, basically are, right? Yeah. And Matt, Matt even says, like, you're not post-millennial yet. Like, you know, he's right. already, I'm already going to a post-millennial church. <laughs> so I, it's like one foot in the door. I'm like, I believe that Christ is victorious through the church. I'm like, well, doesn't that make you post-millennial? I was like, yeah. maybe. Maybe, maybe, right. And, and see, that's, that's, that's a step further than a lot of people, because yeah. they'll say, I'm, I believe Christ is victorious. But not through the church. Yeah. He's not going to, the church is going to be gone by the time Christ comes back and yeah. is victorious. Or it's going to be so beaten and battered. That right. It, We're going to be in our bunkers no, yeah. and, you know, with our, um, what, what was that? Um, uh, uh, what was, what was that? Um, what was that? James Cameron? Um, not James Cameron, Kirk Cameron. Um, uh, what was what was the name of that? Uh, oh, Left Behind. Left Behind. Thank yeah. you. I couldn't. I was I was like gone with the wind for some reason. It was in my mind. I was like, funny Left story. Behind. I think Kirk Cameron's post millennial now because he, he was on with Jeff. Yes. I didn't know he that he went on with yeah. Jeff Durbin and yes. he's like saying he's like, yes. and he's like, I just don't and he, like the Kirk Cameron way and yeah, he's yeah. saying like, he sounds like a post millennial. Yeah. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> the guy who's like the face of dispensational yes. premillennialism. Yes. Just like he's a post millennial now. Yes. That's that's the weirdest twist of fate uh, well, ever. That's great. You know, before before you um, before we did this, you know, in your prayer, you were like, um, you're like, Lord, you know, if they're teaching false doctrine, please 
either convert them or destroy them. And look what he did to Kirk Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but, but, you know, we'll be, like I said, in the church, most people believe that we hunkered down with our left behind. What was those uh, rapture kits, the rapture kits that they were selling. Were you around for that? Rapture kits? Yeah. I'm not joking you. Rapture kits. No way. I don't believe you. Yeah. 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 I was, I was alive for that. I remember it was, it was uh, back when the left behind series came out and everybody was all raptured up. Um, uh, they were selling rapture kits, which, which is like this little box with like a Bible, some water, and like a couple other things. And that was your rapture kit, just in case everyone was taken except your unlucky butt. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, I, rapture I, kit. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, I, I wonder if I can find one right now. Oh Hold my on gosh. a second. Rapture kit. See what it comes with. Rapture kit. Um, rapture kit. Rapture kit. Subsplash. This is why I love uh, doing the podcast with you because literally we could. There's so many different places we can go because the stuff we analyze uh, gives us so much material to use. Like it's never a dull moment (laughs) here on Low Hanging Fruit. (laughs) It it isn't. We have so much material to work with. Well, uh, here's one. Oh my gosh, it's real. Yeah, the Rapture Kit, thirty bucks. Thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. Okay, so this rapture kit, an all important resource for those left behind. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, Looks like it's been updated because that's a that's a uh, uh, flash drive in there. Were flash drives around in the nineties, oh, or am I just dense? <laughs> oh, that's a flash drive. Were they always? How long have they been? I don't know. I'm terrible with technology. Okay, hold on a second. Okay, wait. The rapture resource kit is brought brought to you by the okay. Um, like in this movie, the book, uh, many will not be taken and sadly will struggle as the world becomes mired in confusion and tribulation. The rapture kit is an incredible resource for those not taken in the rapture. A rapture kit includes more than 100. Oh my goodness. 100 hours this is hell. So th- th- it's, it's like th- they're bringing hell to you because <laughs> like everyone else gets taken. They're in heaven. You're here on earth and your punishment is to listen to a hundred hours of audio <laughs> files in your bunker. You by yourself, you have to listen to a hundred hours of audio files it's like welcome let's get started with it right away well you get 30 hours of video teaching 14 books 60 documents bibles and more all preloaded on the customer so some of that stuff is pretty good at least like you got some bibles in there i don't know it depends on what books are included i think we know what books are the in left there. behind yes, series i think we know it, but yeah jerry b jenkins and and, and tim lahay and all those oh, knuckleheads hey this is on topic because uh dallas jenkins is the son of the guy who made the left behind series so we are on what? topic you didn't know that? I did not know that. Dude, Dallas Jenkins is the son of the guy who made Left Behind, and he makes The Chosen. No kidding. Yeah. I did not know that. I cannot believe it. Well, uh, I didn't know there were rapture just, kits, so yeah. we... <laughs> well, I guess I'm sad. I'm glad because I stayed far enough away from The Chosen to know that that factoid. Um, okay, so 100 hours of audio files, 30 hours of video teaching, 14 books, 60 documents, Bibles, and more, all preloaded on a customizable 32-gig non-internet dependent flash drive. So what makes these people think that we'll have electricity? Actually, that's a good point. When when we're all left behind down here. <laughs> oh my goodness. Look at the look at the audacity of these people, right? So in this in this little thing here, you got the flash drive. Is there a copy of the movie? It, it looks like <laughs> it, it looks like a I am a watchman. There's so there's a, there's there's like a DVD or a book there, but they didn't even have the the audacity to give you the Bible I know. without having electricity. Oh, for Pete's... Oh, my word. I mean, who knows? How do you get rapture kits to people in uh, third world countries? Like, I, I don't know. Oh, whatever, We man. have to fix this But problem. there you go. Uh, we, need to, <laughs> we need to make our own rapture kit. <laughs> Definitely, it's going to start with a Bible. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, getting back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, let's let Ruslan continue here. 
I can't believe it. Side there. Jenkins. He's been on my stream before. We've done some other stuff together. John Root put this on Twitter. And by the way, I spent 40 minutes today on the phone with John. We had a, a good conversation. I'll give you guys some of the details. He, he didn't say anything was private uh, about any of this conversation, but he gave me all the context I needed to have. I also been texting with the creator of The Chosen, uh, Dallas Jenkins, and he also was very transparent in all this. Okay, so here is what went crazy and exploded on social media. John Root wrote, hey, The Chosen TV, which is their Twitter handle, um, can you explain why there is a pride flag on set. And if you notice here, there is a uh, pride flag. Now, let me play you guys the actual video where this is from. So, who so this is them showing Judas the behind the scenes. Okay, and there's the frame. You guys see the little rainbow flag? Doing laundry right? together would be one of the most fascinating scenes in season okay. four. Maybe so, like every mother. This so there's the clip. And so it ends at 29 seconds. It starts Judas at... And Z. 25 Doing seconds. laundry together would be one of the most okay. fascinating scenes. In and so there's a three-inch rainbow flag, and we all know the rainbow flag has been, I would say, hijacked by the LGTV community to represent some of their views. Uh, technically, it has, and technically it has not, mm. uh, because the, the, the pride flag has six colors, and the original rainbow flag is seven. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, yeah, you could argue that, that it is, you know, and you could argue the same way that the, you know, the Christian cross was hijacked by the KKK, except the Christian cross isn't on fire. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it isn't on fire. It isn't on fire. That is so interesting, though, difference. because like uh, seven, the number of uh, completion or perfection, hmm. six is the number of sin because it's one less than perfection. So hmm. I think that that's so interesting hmm. that the, the, the homosexual flag has six colors hmm. instead of seven. Again, just... Just find that interesting. Right. Find it very interesting. And you know what number, number 10 is? What's number 10? Let's, I oh, I always get it because that's why I always say, is 7 the number of perfection or completion? Because I thought I 10 was the number of completion. No, no. 12, I think, is the number of completion. I think 12 is completion. I think. Or maybe 40 is completion. I'm not sure. But, okay, 7 is perfection. perfection. Uh, 10 is power. I believe that. Yeah. That's, that's 10, you know, 10,000 times 10,000, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and like who has, uh, the beast has, doesn't have 10 horns or something like that? I think with the beast, I mean, mm -hmm. something has got 10. But whenever they use the word 10, it's usually referring to power. Mm -hmm. 10 is the number of power, 10,000, you know, that kind of a thing. But 12, I, 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 yeah, I, somebody's got it all written down. And, and I, yeah. I'm the same way. I get it confused too. You use like, the rubric. Per, perfection, yeah, yeah, perfection and, you know, crisscross and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, carry the one. Anyway. We read the Bible. <laughs> uh, that, that are in contrast with the scriptures. So there, there is the issue. Now, of course, people are taking this and they're pointing to this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and they're saying, uh, do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Bilal? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. So put a pin in that. We're the temple of the living God. So John had an issue with the chosen having that flag on their set. John's perspective of this is that the chosen is similar to a ministry, uh, similar to a church, if you will. And they, they basically responded saying, I don't have a screen grab of it right now, but they basically responded saying, listen, uh, we have over 100 staff members that work with us, and we have folks from all uh, viewpoints and political persuasions and LGTV that, that work for us. 
And uh, we've always been open about it. Now, as far as I, I know, and I thought this was common, that The Chosen uh, does hire people of all backgrounds. And I think they've been fairly open about this. Um, the, obviously, you have Daryl Eves, who's actually also a friend of mine. He, people know that he is a Mormon. Um, Angel Studios, that helped start The Chosen as a Mormon. Daryl uh, Dallas Jenkins has came on my channel and talked about all of this stuff. So they've always been very direct about that they hire a wide spectrum of people. And people find offense to that because they feel like The Chosen is a ministry. And The Chosen is, by every measurable metric, whether that's how they legally file, whether that's their own self-identified vision, um, or not. They don't see themselves as a ministry. They see themselves as a media company that does the story, and they want to get the best packaging for the story, the best storytellers, the best cinematographers, the best people on the market. They want to get into this arena. So. So that's basically the argument of of Dallas Jenkins. Like, you know, we we, we don't really care what your persuasion is. Um, we, we work with all kinds of people. And, um, uh, you know, so, so he said basically, you know, like, you know, we're not a ministry and we don't claim to be a ministry. We're a business and um, we can hire whoever we want. And, um, you know, uh, just watch the TV show. That's the message we want to put out. Don't look at our staff. We're not trying to put out the message that our staff is trying to put out. Um, a couple weeks, uh, a week or two after this, Ruslan had another pastor who came on, or another guy, and I forget his name, but he brought it, came on, brought his perspective. He's like, "Yeah, I don't care, I don't mm. care, I don't care if you are um, a business or not." He, he said, "Why didn't you get out ahead of this when you knew when you hired him, um, you should not have hired him." Mm. That's his perspective. He was like, "You should not have hired this." And Ruslan was saying the same thing. He's like, okay, that's interesting. And the guy was like, listen, you, you should have got out ahead of this. This is like, this is the enemy. This is the enemy. This pride, mm. this pride flag is the enemy. This, this is who we're fighting here. In the name of this pride flag, we are losing our freedoms. In the name of this pride yeah. flag, children are being mutilated. Yes. Okay. And you have, and you're like, uh, well, you know, I don't. And here, and here's, uh, you know, he's like, well, you know, we don't, we don't tell people how to act. We don't monitor them. Okay, but nobody's forcing you to hire this guy. Okay. Mm. Nobody is. Yeah. Right. Nobody's putting a gun to your head saying to hire the guy with the pride flag. And the pastor is saying, you should have got, you, you've known this for a year. You should have got out ahead of this a year ago. There's a lot more people to work with. And you should have said, listen, um, you know, if, if you really think you should have that pride flag on your camera, um, you can do that, but you just can't do it here. Like you should have got out ahead of this a year ago yeah. and, and did something about this. But I'll tell you right now, the reason they didn't, because they're afraid of that guy. I'll tell you right now, yeah. that guy will sue and you're dead meat. Yeah, I, I remember we were talking about this when we we first uh, started talking about the video is when you're when your primary thing is we want to display the authentic Jesus. Yeah, I, I believe that's what they say all the time. Yes. Like, we want to show the authentic Jesus. Right. I'm sorry, but if your whole goal in your business or whatever you want to call it is to show the authentic Jesus, then you are a ministry. Mm hmm. You cannot separate it. And mm. remember, I was talking to my mm. wife about this because mm. I was like really torn. I was like, mm. they say they're not a ministry, but like mm. I'm trying to discern like what makes them different from any other ministry. I mean, right. they have they have uh, materials on Jesus. I'm sure there's like a chosen like workbook you can get and like yeah. things. Like this. In fact, I have family members who are going through this like rehab program. And one of the things they're doing is showing them the chosen. Oh, boy. And it's like this, whether you like it or not, when you say... Our goal is to show the authentic Jesus, which, by the way, they're not. <laughs> right. There's, I mean, 
which is funny. It's like they speak out of both sides of their mouth. They're like, mm. we want to show the authentic Jesus, but at the same time, they keep saying, this isn't scripture. I'm like, right. well, how can you, uh, how can, how can yeah. you show the authentic right, Jesus right. and not stay true to scripture? But right, right. anyways, um, anyways, <laughs> this, whenever Jesus is the main goal of what you're doing, mm. you know, it's a ministry. Mm. It, and, and I think, I think, and I'm willing to be corrected on this, but this is kind of where I'm at now. I think this is where I've been for a long time is if that's the goal, you have to be held to a ministry standard. Hmm. And again, now I, I don't know if you have to be held to the same standard as a church necessarily, yeah. but like you said, like there's no reason why if they're going to hire people who aren't believers to do a, B or C, whatever, again, they're not teaching, they're not doing a, B and C, right. but at the very least you say like, Hey, um, we're here. Uh, because we believe we're trying to we're trying to honor God with this project, mm-hmm. and this flag is in direct opposition to that. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do on your own personal time is fine, mm-hmm. but when you come onto this set, mm-hmm. we're doing all of this to honor God, and mm-hmm. so we're going to ask you not to have it here. Right? Like I don't understand. On there's no. I, I'm sorry. I do not believe that that behind the scenes thing went through a bunch of editors and no one saw that flag. Mm. I think it was intentional that it was on there. Mm. I, I, mean, I could be wrong about oh, that. Man. I don't want. I could be wrong. Well, he's on the limb. There I'm he just, is. I on could the limb. be wrong, but I, <laughs> but I was in video editing. Like I wanted to be mm. a filmmaker in mm. high school, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, editing takes forever. Mm. Like you have to look at the same screen mm. over and over and over. Mm. You have to add music. You have to mm. add the voiceover. You're looking at the same thing. One shot. Like just couple seconds mm. can take hours mm-hmm. there is i'm sorry i do not believe that that got through the editing process mm. and approved <laughs> and no one saw it mm, man i'm sorry he's on the limb i just don't he's I way don't out believe there it. on the limb there he is <laughs> I, I don't believe it you heard it here first folks <laughs> okay um a, a couple things about that the there's there's no way that they're letting a, a guy put the stars and bars on his equipment. It's no oh, way. Wow. You put the Confederate flag on your equipment, <laughs> they will ask you to leave right away. There's no way. Look, yeah. Every time, look, guys, church, every time that you see someone justifying homosexuality with a pride flag, all this stuff, just switch it around and say, put it, put it to the racist thing. Put it to the racist mm-hmm. thing. And they, people, those people, those, all those arguments, love and accept everyone, tolerate everyone. Everyone's got their own perspective. You know, we need to be like Jesus and love everyone. That's out the door. It's gone. They're not going to say that if you put this, if you put the Confederate flag up on your equipment, you're going to get approached the next day, maybe even the same day yeah. saying, Hey, listen, you know, we're trying to be like Christ and all that kind of stuff. We're representing him. We don't feel like it's going to represent uh, the, the, and, and the reason they're not attacking, they're, they're not reason they didn't go up to, to, and talk to that guy about his flag is because they're afraid of him. They're afraid of the LGD. They're afraid of those that crowd. Um, it's not a community. They're afraid of that mob. Mm. It's the LGBTQ mob, the the gay GB, as I've heard people call it. Which is, <laughs> oh, wow, I've never oh, heard that. That's appropriate. So uh, th- there's no way, okay? And 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 you know, you're not. You, it, if homeboy puts up a pentagram on his oh my gosh there's no way there's no way that you're gonna let that slide well you know we work with different people all that kind of stuff you're not doing that you're not saying that and and you know what when we were at the uh pride festival yeah it was a wonderful time uh last week when we were at the pride festival we were out there trying to give the gospel to people and people were telling us f off and giving us the middle finger and you're preaching hate blah 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 blah. when we were out there um you know we're, we're we're trying to talk to people about these things um and we're, we're, we're trying to bring the gospel um, uh, and, and we're trying to get in, involved in conversations with these people. Okay. And, you know, we're, we're talking about flags and 
you know, we, we saw obviously there was there were so many flags out there. There's so many flags uh, uh, of the LGBTQ community and all that kind of stuff. Toddlers uh, are dressed in the flag. Yes, toddlers yeah, are it was dressed. Disgusting. It, yes, right. And, and so, um, uh, quick, tell your story about about. How, <laughs> My gosh. <laughs> Tell your story about that. That's oh, that's God. a great one. Before I tell that story, I just want to say real quick, Luke, that uh, you know, <laughs> you were the sweetest evangelist. I, I'd never gotten to evangelize with Luke, and like he is so patient with people, and he's so kind. He never compromises on the truth. He's saying all the same things we say, like in this podcast and elsewhere. But like the amount of kindness and love he showed to the people he was trying to reach. Um, was amazing, uh, and I I just loved working with you. So and oh. we had a great time. Yeah, um, getting to share the gospel and preach the gospel. Um, there was it was it was both um, enriching and it was sometimes hostile. But one of the things that was really interesting is, well, thank and, you. You know, you bring up the Confederate flag, and <laughs> uh, our church is mostly white. I'd say, mm-hmm. I, uh, aside from me and Shaq, I think are we the only people of color? You are. Yeah, and uh, so obviously, whenever you're. Uh, not just a Christian, but you're outspoken about your Christian beliefs. You're going to be, uh, of course, labeled a racist, white supremacist, hard right, whatever. And uh, so it's always really weird when uh, when black people or people of color show up to evangelize alongside you. Yes. Uh, because uh, as far as the LGBTQ community is concerned, if you're black, you're liberal. I, yes. Now, who's the who's the who's labeling and being a, a little <laughs> surely prejudiced? surely you're one of the special people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the special class. You're I the mean, you're the ally. You're yes, our ally. What exactly. are you what are you doing with these guys? Yeah. Right. So I uh, so what we did was we stationed uh, people from our church at the front of the park and at the back. Mm-hmm. And so I was at the front a little bit. I did a little street preaching and uh, and then uh, one of our leaders was like, hey, like you should go to the back and see if they need help down there. So I start walking down there and I'm by myself. You know, I'm walking. Got some tracks in my back pocket, mm-hmm. and they and they have these at this event. They have these silent witnesses. Now the silent witnesses are, <laughs> oh my gosh! So the silent witnesses have these rainbow umbrellas, and they're welcoming to everybody who's going into the park to do the for this uh, LGBTQ uh, uh, celebration or whatever. And what they're supposed to do is basically shield uh, the LGBTQ people from us who are trying to give them the gospel and get in conversation with them with the umbrella. And of course, I'm going to the back. They ha- the people at the back have not seen me yet, and they see me walking up. I'm smiling because I'm excited to go share the gospel with some people. <laughs> and uh, the people with the rainbow outfits and the umbrellas, they're like, "Hi, how are you doing?" Oh, I'm like, man. "How are you doing?" Oh, I was like, goodness. "The most wonderful greeting ever." Oh, and I speak to one of the security officers, and he's like, "How are you doing today?" Because his hat almost flew off. I was like, "Yeah, be careful." And he, yeah. and so all these people, obviously assuming like, oh, "This yes, black guy, he's right. here to enjoy." Yes. Yes. Our depravity and of come course. right in. He right. must be a liberal. He can't he, be with these he, racist <laughs> white people. And then all of a sudden, I'm talking to the guy, and and uh, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm here to you know just protect everybody, doing my job." I was like, "Did you get one of these?" And I oh. pull out a track. <laughs> oh no! And as soon as I pull out that oh. gospel track, oh, the man. smiles went away oh, instantly. Yep. Instantly. Yes. <laughs> like, it was like the quickest right. shift right. you would have ever seen. Like those people that were so happy to see me, it was just like enemy. Uh, yes. <laughs> target on my back yep. immediately. Yeah, how can you be with them? Right, and uh, the, the, the first the, there was also a small short circuit, like processing <laughs> this information. Sure, no, no, he can't be serious about this, can he? No, he's one of the special people. I mean, we're every 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 homosexual is just like a black person. They've been persecuted just as much. I mean, by the just, way, they hijacked the civil rights movement from us, so I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is offensive the way that they compare themselves. Yeah. to to you know, oh, we were just persecuted, like just like the black people were. 
nah, no, I no, did no. not choose don't, don't to be black. Right. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> that's, that's something that I did not choose. Right, right. And that's 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 insane. And that's ridiculous. But what I was saying before was, you know, about being afraid about what 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 kind of flag you have. There was a woman who came out um, and said, came up to me and said, "Can I see your tract?" And I I, I gave her the tract and we mm. talked a little bit. And she said, "I'm just so sad because." The board of directors that I was working with, because we've been talking about this, and I forget what the board of directors what they were, but they were people in that town, and and they were business owners, mm. and you know a lot of them were Christians. And she kept saying, "We've been talking in our board meetings about what are we going to do about this pride pride event." And we talked about it, and we talked, and we talked, and we talked, but I couldn't get anyone to come out and do anything about it because mm. they were all afraid of losing their businesses. Mm. All of them, I mean, and, and so as a result, she was the only one who showed up. And do, or, or, I don't even know if she was there for that. Maybe she was just happened to be walking by. But she said, "I tried to get people to come out, and they wouldn't come out because they were all afraid of losing their businesses." They probably would, right? Uh, unfortunately, and, yeah. And that's what happens when people tolerate you. You know, they destroy your business. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, let's continue. Uh, well, I mean, that, that's basically the argumentation, and I think that's I. I uh, I'm not going to bust on on Ruslan because he did invite that pastor, the pastor, uh, the pa- guy later. Uh, I forget. I don't know if he was a pastor, but he did bring some wonderful perspective. Like, hold on a second, no, no, no. You know, you have a responsibility mm. um, as a business owner to glorify God and um, allowing somebody. Uh, don't give me that freedom of, of faith stuff, and because and, they're not giving that to you. There's no way they're yeah. not giving it to you. You go on to queer eye for the uh, straight uh, straight guy or whatever, and you put a Christian cross on your equipment. You are gone, my friend. Yep. You are gone. out of there so fast. And they say, well, just because the pagans do it, you know, um, it doesn't mean that uh, you know it doesn't mean that we should do it. And and my response to that is, well, they realize we're at war. Mm. You don't. Yes. You don't realize we're at war with this ideology that in the name of this ideology, children are being cut to pieces and that men and women are harming each other and they're being driven to suicide because you you are allowing them and encouraging them to indulge in this. And in the name of this wickedness, we are losing our freedoms because Mm. there's no other... I mean, COVID was a close second, but now we're back to having the homosexual debate. And because we're talking about the homosexual debate, the more ground the homosexuals gain in the public sphere, the less ground, uh, the more ground we lose, not just as Christians, but as Americans. It's not just Christians being affected by this. It's people who suddenly uh, slip up and misgender somebody. It's it's somebody who who accidentally uh, mispronounces your new name or forgets that you have a new name. You know, that kind of a stuff. That, That stuff is... Is, is in the name of sexual perversion, we are losing our freedoms. And they realize it. They realize we're at war, but these knucklehead Christians don't. And so they allow them to walk all over them by putting the flag. Oh, it's innocent. It's harmless. No, it's not. It's a symbol of war. A flag is a symbol of ground taken. So when you put that up right in the middle of the most popular Christian TV show and nobody says anything to you about it, they've won. They have defeated you. You are finished. And, and I'm not saying that you have to like you know go all crazy on the guy, but I am saying that you have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. You're not going to answer to the LGBTQ mob. You're going to answer to the Lord. Yes. And I believe the question on Judgment Day is why did you allow that symbol of destruction and wickedness to be allowed on your set? Yeah. You know, and and that guy who brought on later, he's like, why can't you just hire somebody else? There's nobody putting a gun to yeah. your head and saying hire this guy. I'm yeah, sure I know you got plenty a good re- other cameramen they could have picked. Right, there are, and and here's the thing, you know, I know you got a good relationship with the camera guy, but I hope you have a good relationship with the Lord. Yeah, I hope that affects your relationships more than with your relationship with other people. Come on, man. And also, like I'll, I'll say this too, um, I believe Satan was extremely happy when the pride flag mm. was on the White House in a dead center. Mm. 
like, and here's the thing. I'll say this too. I'm going to, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> the limb's already ready I, to black I, break. It's ready to I, snap. Okay. <laughs> okay, so because this is a, you know, a podcast, if you're listening, I'm just going to remind you again, I am black and I'm going to say this about the Confederate flag. Hmm. I'm not a fan of the Confederate flag, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what hmm. the Confederate flag is not synonymous with racism. Mm, I agree. 100%. It stands for yes. a lot more than that. Yes, yes, yes I'm not condoning um, the chattel slavery that was done t- to my people mm-hmm. in this country. Yeah. But that flag stands for more than that. It also stands for the Southern culture. It also stands for a lot of other values it st- and independence and all these other things. Not everyone who has a Confederate flag wants to put their African-American fellow citizens back in chains again. Right. But the pride flag only stands for wickedness. Mm -hmm. It only stands for depravity. It doesn't have any redeeming qualities whatsoever. And the only redeeming quality it could have is that it's stolen from God's promise. Mm. You know, that's, that's all there is. Um, but when it comes to the Confederate flag, like someone could put that up and be like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying this for slavery or whatever. I'm just saying like, this is part of my history. This is part of my heritage. Like that's why I have this flag. I'm more forgiving of someone, even though I, I don't find it tasteful. <laughs> yeah. And I have personal reasons for that. Right. But I, I would have much more grace for someone on my set if I was in Dallas Jenkins' position for a Confederate flag. Yes. And for a rainbow flag. Yes. Because the rainbow flag is only mm. wickedness. That's yes. that's all it stands right. for. It doesn't stand for anything else. Right. There is no conversation. The only right. reason you have a flag yes. for the for LGBTQ flag yes. is to celebrate something that God calls an abomination mm-hmm. as that yes. pastor that you sent me that video. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. So We're going to take a look at him later. A bit later. <laughs> We're going to take a look at him a little bit later. Yes. Well, that's, that, that's true. I, I, I agree with that a hundred percent because, you know, I, I see a lot of those cats out there with the, uh, I see a lot of those cats out there with the, uh, uh, the Confederate flag. And, you know, sometimes you talk to them and, and they're just like, they're like, well, it doesn't mean I want slavery back again. It just means that, um, uh, I, I believe in states' rights. Yeah. And for a lot of people who were like, well, that, well, that means <laughs> that you want slavery. And, and, uh, what was, what was it? I was just listening to something. Uh, it was yesterday. Uh, who was it? It was talking about it. Uh, oh, it was, it was my, it was my friend, uh, pastor Matt Kenitzer. Mm. He, Love that guy. he, he is going to give a sermon, t- uh, tomorrow night about Christian nationalism. And his point was, Hey, listen, I'm going to use the term Christian nationalism, but you have a responsibility to bear, fo- you do not have, are not allowed to bear false witness about me. You can't say, well, just because I said I'm I'm a Christian nationalist, that doesn't mean that I that I support everything you think I support. Okay, mm. just because I use a label doesn't mean that I um, uh, support everything you think. And you have a responsibility. Hear me out and ask me. Okay, what exactly do you support? Mm. You're not allowed to bear false witness about me. And I think a lot of people out there bear false witness about people who have the Confederate flag right away without yeah. asking them. Okay, what exactly do you mean by that? It's controversial. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Maybe in some cases, it's stupid. But but I've heard people say, well, I don't I don't want slavery. I just I believe in states' rights, and I believe that this represent, represents Presents uh, the American spirit of of uh, of centrality, and I want I want uh, to de- decentralize. And I've heard many people say that. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. But there's no redeeming quality about that flag. And if Nothing. you say, well, you know, it, it's 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 the rainbow flag from from you know from the flood. No, 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 no. That has <laughs> seven stripes. Okay, that's what that stands for. Seven stripes 
is the is the is the flood. And you can't tell me that the KKKs are like, oh, I'm about Christianity because I burn a cross. Don't give me that. No, no, the cross stands for forgiveness. No, no, that's it's not what they're trying to do. No. I know what they're trying to do. Okay, and it's the same with the rainbow flag. There's no redeeming quality about it. It's not like, well, okay, in certain circumstances that makes sense. But with the rebel flag, I, I I'm willing to hear people, but I'm not willing to hear the arguments for. Uh, the uh, sexual perversion. There's no redeeming quality. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to the next one. Um, and this is one. This is just a Chad. This is <laughs> this is guy's a Chad, and this guy's a Chad because you know I, I talk about um, m- masculinity <clears throat> and the difference between masculinity and manliness. Okay. Oh, I love this. Talk. The, this, the, yeah. Obviously, I've, I talked about this, but the, the the difference between masculine and manliness is is that you know it's manly. I mean, it, it might be masculine for you to wear a flannel shirt. That's masculine. But to actually know how to chop down a tree and to chop down a tree is manly. Okay. Mm. You might be masculine if you have a big beard. Okay. But if you go home and you um, maybe fix your car, that's manly. Okay. If you have a big beard and you can't fix your car, I don't know how much of a man you are. You know what I'm saying? That, but your manliness isn't now in question. Um, you might have really big muscles, but if you use those muscles to, to pick on people and to promote yourself and take selfies, that's not manly. Mm. What's manly is going home and loving your wife and loving your kids and using those muscles to pick up your kids and play with your kids and all that kind of stuff and to provide for your family. That's manly. Okay. There's, there's unfortunately, uh, there's, there, we have now have to make a distinction between what is masculine and what is manly because they often don't mean the same thing and people get confused. Just because you look like a man on the outside doesn't mean you are one on the inside. Mm. And, um, you know, oftentimes, um, it, it, I mean, you would hope it's getting more and more that the, the most masculine people are manly because, you know, we celebrate non-manliness. Um, but masculinity is a, is a mere outward um, potential indicator of inward manliness, right? So we, we hope that, you know, to, that you have a big beard, you smoke pipes, you, you, you know, <laughs> you know, your, you know, your microbreweries. We, we hope that you just, be, you know, just because you know that stuff, we hope that you are a man at home. You know, that's, that's the hope. Yeah, it, you could be able to fix a car or chop wood yeah. and not be a man at all if you treat your wife poorly yes. and you degrade your children. Like, um, I, I like Doug Wilson. I think it's Doug Wilson. He says that the definition of masculinity is sacrificial responsibility. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's like Luke saying, um, those things that are mainly like chopping wood or being able to fix a car um, are... At the very least, be able to change a tire, which is basically all I can do right. the car. Um, yeah, right. It's, it's that when you're in situations where people need to be protected or provided for, or the tire goes flat, who's stepping up? Is that yes, you? Right. Is that you mm-hmm. going out in the rain mm-hmm. and getting all the groceries instead yes. of your wife having to go out there mm-hmm. in the pouring rain and get mm-hmm. all the groceries up? Like, it's, it's when you take that on uh, as a man... If you're not doing that, you can be like, well, I, I drink all this beer and I can fix a car. I can tell you what's wrong. I was like, well, good for you. Right. But if but Christ's standards a little higher than that. Yes. <laughs> right. And so our manliness is reflected directly in how well we follow Christ's commands. Mm. And and it's not how much we're like Christ, okay? Because women are like Christ too, but that doesn't make him a man, okay? It's how well mm. we respond to the commandments of, of, of Christ, how, long we, how well we take dominion. That's directly related to our manliness. And one of those things is standing up to wickedness. Mm. These guys like Jordan Peterson, he's not very manly. I mean, look at the guy, no beard. He's got a really light voice. He cries a lot. He's not much of a man. Uh, he's not very masculine, but he's a man because he stands up to wickedness. Yeah. And, and this guy right I here. I really want him to come to Christ. I know. He's, he's, he's so close. I and really wish he wasn't teaching on Exodus because I'm like, he's going to mess stuff up. But Especially inviting, uh, what's his name? Oh, what was that guy? Prager. Who, Dennis Prager. He, who's uh, like, who who's argued for pornography. pornography yes. Oh, right. So disgusting. He, yeah, I know. I know. What a slob. Anyway, 
totally lost all confidence and trust in him right there. You know, I kind of respected some of the things he was doing, but you know, and, and, and that and congratulating those two homosexual guys for having a baby. I was like, what are you doing, man? So anyway, fraudulent um, guy. But so this guy we're about to see, he's not much of an outward Chad, right? He's mm. a fifth grade teacher. That's not a manly, you know, job. He doesn't have a beard. He talks with a really light voice. But watch what he does here because he is just not putting up with these frauds. And it, that right there is, is what makes him a total Chad. He's a total man. Here we go. Nice. Transgender boys who might not have. This is on Dr. Phil, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, <Dr. Phil>. <laughs> involuntary reaction. Have their own money to go buy tampons. If they're provided free in the bathroom, it's it's a huge plus. Men do not menstruate. Only women menstruate. Now you can call yourself Cis men whatever you don't want. Menstruate, but trans men do menstruate. No, Same they as don't. non-binary people. <clears throat> Only women. Menstruating is not exclusive yes, to it cis is. women. No, it's not. Yes, it is. So explain you're, to me as to why my body menstruated. You are, at if some your point, chromosomes then. are XX and you're young, you menstruate. No. If you're XY, you don't. Correct, but what about trans men and non-binary? They're We're not excluding men. a whole group of they're, people. They're women who dressed as men. You are not a man. You can pretend to be a man, and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Live your life and tell me what a man is. Well, what's a man to you? You define a man for me. You have chromosomes that are X and Y. That's what a man is. So why are we just looking at the the the, the science of this uh, as an the example? Science. When when we've looked <laughs> at the gender identity, the two very they're completely different things. They're not completely different. They are completely things. different. Completely different words. <laughs> what you're born with, the sexual reproductive organs you have, gender is what you identify with. They're completely Well, I don't accept things. that distinction. You have to argue for it. You're just giving a conclusion. You're you're just making it up. People, the people who hate the truth, people who hate the truth are because they see they see the truth as hateful. If, if you want to identify in any way you can, you're free to do so. But that does not mean that the rest of us have to join that. You disagree. I disagree with you, and so you call it hate. But there's no hate in my heart at all. So that's you wrong. are being hateful when you tell somebody that identifies okay. as a man that they're not a man. That's not that hateful. hateful. That's a fact. Well done. Matt <laughs> <Wow. laughs> Walsh to say, "Well done." <laughs> just, just, I, I, it's, I mean, the way he just calmly, yeah, told them, and um, he's still labeled as hateful. Yeah, he, yeah. he just, he just calmly told them uh you know you uh it's just l looking looking at them right in the face and saying no no that's not true that's not true um and 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 and, and that that response he said there which she go and she and she <laughs> he really exposed them he exposed them so much because because it shows you know there, there's there's always the conversation between the gatekeeper and the person trying to become the gatekeeper mm, yeah. right so there's a gatekeeper the person on the outside who wants to be the gatekeeper the conversation starts off innocently enough well i just want to help you I want to be a gatekeeper too. And the gatekeeper's like, well, I don't trust you. And so the, the the person trying to become the gatekeeper is always like, well, I'll say anything to convince you that I'm trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And then the conversation starts to change once the gatekeeper believes that this person is trustworthy, when they switch positions. Then the conversation changes very slowly, but surely it does. When they're, when they're swapping places, suddenly the person who wants to be the gatekeeper gets a little more aggressive. 
They start to show the real true colors a little mm. bit, just a little bit, right? And then the kind of person walking out of the gate is kind of like, okay, all right, well, this is weird, but I trust them. So, and then the person who's not the gatekeeper becomes a gatekeeper, and the person kicked on the outside. Now the conversation is a hundred percent different because this started off with we just want science. Science is going to teach us the truth. Yeah. Science is going to lead us along the path of righteousness' sake, you know, <laughs> path of righteousness, right? And then the, here you go with the transgender movement. There it was. On the face of it, why do we care about the science? That and so and that was the whole thing, you know. To get the Christians out, we mm-hmm. had to use science, right? You guys aren't scientific. You don't care about the science. You know, we're all, we have the science. And now, once the positions are switched and the gatekeepers are now the homosexuals, they're saying, "Who cares about the science?" Yeah. It's so. It's so. The reason I laugh is just because this is ludicrous. Yeah. It, it, it's so. It's so sad because you know people are. I don't think people are able to listen to what they're actually saying. Hmm. Like, cause it wouldn't work in any other conversation. Hmm. Like I, I don't understand. Like, <clears throat> sorry, I'm trying to like, and, and again, I want to commend this guy like calm. So the tone police aren't coming out to this guy. Right. Right. Maybe they will, but, right. <laughs> but, but like all you have to do is tell the truth. You yes. don't have to be mean spirited. You hmm. don't have to be hmm. too aggressive. I don't think he was aggressive at all. No. He's just calmly saying like, yeah. that's not true. That's false. Mm-hmm. And just because you say it is, doesn't make it so. Yeah. And like any rational person watching that would be like, well, that's right. But, and I'm, I'm really curious and I really hope I don't come across as sexist here. I think, I'd, I'd like to do look at the statistics of men and women who believes this ideology more among the mm, genders. Mm, um, you mm. know, my wife talk about a lot about this. Like God mm. made men and women different. Yes. We have different inclinations. Um, women are more nurturing. They're more emotionally attuned, and because of that, they can be. Sometimes I'm not saying men aren't susceptible to this, but they can kind of be taken into stuff like this. Well, I mean, it makes them happy, right? Mm. And they're not hurting anyone. So why can't we just affirm them? And that's, you know what? The idea of affirming and nurturing someone is natural and good in the right context. And that's a gift from God for women to be able to, they do it. They just do it better than us. Mm -hmm. They do. With my daughter, you know, sometimes she will not take the bottle from me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm trying to feed her the bottle and she's like, no, no, no. Give her to my wife takes the bottle in a second. It's because mm. she feels that nurturing that warmth, warmth yeah. that just doesn't come from me. Now right. I, I, I'm warm in a different way. Right. And so for, for, for our female listeners, um, I just, I just want to implore you if you're a Christian, um, be careful. Like, you know, you know the truth and what they're going to say is that the truth is hateful. Mm. And because of your nurturing natural inclination, you're going to start to feel guilty about that. Mm. And, we're saying don't, don't feel guilty Mm. because true nurturing is reinforcing the truth. It's helping someone come into reality. And that's one of the things that has hurt the LGBTQ community the most is that we are affirming people in their delusions now Mm -hmm. and affirming a delusion only hurts people. Yes. And what's sad is like he's coming off and everyone views this guy as not compassionate. Mm-hmm. Why can't you just let people be happy? Yeah. Well, sometimes what makes you happy destroys you. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't yes. think this guy's a Christian. Right. But right. The, the fact that we as Christians, like, you know, we have lost so much ground because in the, and actually in the name of love and in the name of Christ, yes. Yes. we have become silent. We're yes. like, it's no, it's no longer loving for us to speak the truth to somebody. Mm-hmm. And we judge whether or not an evangelistic opportunity or a conversation went well based on how people respond to us. Mm. And that is a terrible, yes. terrible way 
yes. terrible way to judge whether or not you were successful or Christ-like. Because remember, we were talking about this passage just this week. I think it was Matthew 15, where basically uh, the disciples are like, don't you know, Jesus, that the Pharisees were offended by what you said? Mm. And you know what? Jesus doesn't care. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because Jesus was telling the truth. And there was never a moment in Christ's life where he was not 100% loving mm-hmm. and, not, and, uh, yes. and, and 100% he never compromised. Yes. And so, yes, if someone doesn't respond and gets offended by the truth, it doesn't necessarily, you, you may have done something wrong. Again, like we're, we're not always perfect. There, there are some ways that, you know, I've, I've often, I've delivered truth in a wrong way. That can happen. Mm-hmm. But you cannot judge whether or not you were faithful based on how the response is. Because Jesus tells us all the time that they're not going to respond well. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, when all men speak well of you, he yes. warns us, like, be mm-hmm. careful of that. Be careful. Yes. If, if you were like the world, the world would love you, mm-hmm. but they don't. And now this is the most exciting time to be a Christian right mm-hmm. now. Because especially, you know, maybe you're out there and you have a personality where you're just likable. Mm-hmm. People just like you. Yeah. And guess what? It... <laughs> You don't have to try that hard. Just be faithful to say what Jesus said and what the Bible says regarding every issue. Mm-hmm. I trust you. Trust me. You'll lose friends. Yeah. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You will be disliked. Mm-hmm. And it won't. And now, you know, if you ever struggled with, well, a lot of people like me, even unbelievers, maybe I'm not as faithful as I should be. You know what? Just keep being faithful. Noah built an ark and the whole world hated him. Yeah. Now, we also know he was a proclaimer of righteousness according to Hebrews. Um, but I believe even if he wasn't, mm-hmm. even if he just built that ark, because he was being faithful to God, the world hated him. Yeah, and 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 this guy right here, this cat. I mean, he's he's being so nice and polite and calm. He's not being rude or belligerent at all. Mm-hmm. And one thing I love about his tone it, it, is that that's the tone that they always speak to us in, like we're little kids. <laughs> you know, on yeah. the TikTok videos, you know, they're preparing their mayonnaise sandwich and they're just saying like, you know, my child is, you know, and and, and they 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 present these the what they think are. Well, I mean, I don't know if they even claim that they're truths, but they present these ideas and they present it to you like you're five years old and like you're at the kitchen saying, mommy, what's a man? What's a woman? And then they start explaining that there is no such thing as a man or woman. And and I love his tone because he's explaining to them like they are fifth grade children. And I love them getting the taste of their own medicine. Yeah. <laughs> this condescending, like, you know, no, that's not true. You know, it's a lot wrong. And, you know, an XX, I mean, XY, that's a man. You know, that was so funny. You know, she I wouldn't was like, even call it condescending. It's just like the, these people are showing that they don't even have. To like, them, to them it's condescending. Yeah, yeah. To them it is. You know, to be to be comp- completely honest. And, and he is talking to them like they are fifth graders. And I'm glad because that's, the, that's their intelligence level, that they're actually trying to make these arguments that gender's a spectrum and all that kind of stuff. I just love love the fact that he was just calmly saying no no and they got a taste of their own medicine i love that uh, uh about the, those those people let me uh go to the next one here uh obviously we, we have a uh, um uh a lot of videos to get through okay so this one right here okay oh, this one broke my heart okay this one is one that um tyrus wanted to check out here i know tyrus really wanted to, to talk about this one so let's give it a go here all right this is a TikTok. let's have a listen my special needs daughter was the beginning of the end of my faith. I'm going to make this short and sweet. So my daughter was born with CHARGE syndrome. It's a very rare genetic condition that causes the body um, basically not to come together correctly. So she's had to have multiple surgeries, heart surgery. Um, she was born with cleft lip and cleft palate. She is deaf and somewhat blind. Um, but she's very sweet. Hold on, I'll show her to show you her. There she is sleeping on the couch with all her equipment. 
She sleeps with feeding tubes and oxygen. Um, but she's a very happy little girl. But here is kind of the problem that I had um, and that really kind of finished off what was left of my faith. And that was when... Okay, so it was already on a downward spiral. Mm, yeah. And this is what finished it off. It wasn't like I was strong and then I just suddenly came to this. So you're... It's a little dishonest, in my opinion. Um, she said, well, this is how I lost my faith. Well, no, 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 no. This isn't... You were already on a downward spiral, yeah. spiral, all that kind of stuff. You know, so... When she was born, it was a huge struggle. Like, she was constantly trying to die. And, um, I mean, not trying. She was trying so hard to live. But, oh my gosh, it seemed every time I turned around, there was something just horrible and traumatic happening to her. And it was really hard as a mother to watch this. And people, you know, very well-meaning people offered prayers up for her, thousands, literally thousands of people praying for Parker. And God did not heal her. And this isn't necessarily what ended my faith. I know the apologetic answer to why there's sin and pain in the world. But when Christians are okay with praying for people and God not healing them, innocent babies suffering, but then turn around and pray for things like finding the perfect piece of furniture for their house. And then when they do, praising God that he helped them find it. But in the same breath telling me, literally, actually, this happened on the same telephone conversation about why, how God um, can't heal my daughter because of man's sin in the world, but he can help you find the perfect furniture or protect you on your road trip from a car accident. All of these things God can do. But when it comes to things that I can actually see that God did, like miraculously heal my daughter, he can't do that. He has to work in mysterious ways can never really be seen. How suspicious is that, you guys? Like, really think about it. Yeah. God can answer coincidental prayers, like helping you find your car keys, but God can't do something that's glaringly obvious because Parker being sick, that's a punishment for our sin in the world. But your lost car keys that you stopped and prayed for and then found, God can do that because that has nothing to do with sin, right? So... This is deeply personal for me. Um, and Luke sent me this video. I really just, it strongly affected me because for a lot, there's a lot of things that I really want to address in the video. We can address uh, both Luke and I want to address in the video is, um, so I had a family member who passed away and he spent his whole life in a chair feeding tubes. Um, and, and God did not heal him. Um, and I sympathize strongly with this woman. Uh, but at the same time, at the same time, uh, I also want to be faithful in analyzing things that she said, because some, a lot of the things that she said were not right. Um, so, and uh, say, if I was ever able to talk to her, um, I would love to have a conversation with someone like this. Like this is, this is something that's deeply important. And especially for you, our listeners, you probably will face something like this. We have some people in our church dealing with very difficult situations regarding uh, their children and what they're going through medically. And this is why theology matters, uh, especially in times of suffering. The first thing I want to address, and Luke kind of already addressed it, is that she said she was on the verge of losing her faith. Now, we are, we believe the Bible that your faith isn't so much of a, uh, 
is so much about you holding on to Christ, about Christ holding on to you. You cannot lose your salvation because Christ, uh, Christ says, John chapter 10, those whom the fathers give me, I lose none. Mm-hmm. I lose none. Mm-hmm. So she was never really a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's putting God on trial saying, well, God, if you were real, then you would have healed. Yes. And we should never put God, on, we never put God on the stand. Mm-hmm. It's always us mm-hmm. on the stand. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do want to address, she had thousands of people paying for her daughter and she and her daughter was dying. And guess what? Her daughter lived. Mm. Her daughter lived. Mm. God did keep her alive. Mm. And that, and, and again, like she doesn't have the quality of life that other people have, but like that in itself is a miracle. Mm. I can tell you right now, mm. my, uh, my family member, his parents, happy every day they had with him um, while he was alive, mm. you know, cause that was just another day of God's grace. It really was. And you know, if you can't thank God for that, you have to be able to thank God for that. Uh, so yes, God did do a healing. He didn't heal in the way that she wanted, mm-hmm. um, but God did do that. So that's another glaringly thing that it's hard for us to see. Um, again, our suffering can blind us to the truth yes. um, and Satan's working to blind us to the truth. Um, and the other thing too, I want to, I don't know what Christian she was talking to, but I kind of, if they said exactly what she said, that God can't heal, but he can help find your car keys, whatever that is. Um, first of all, they need, I, I would say that he need better sensitivity training. Yeah. Uh, maybe not mention, Oh God got me a, a new, uh, furniture thing. Uh, yeah. sorry about your daughter yes, though. I, like, right. I don't know. Exactly. They just were not smart. But right. if they actually said that God can't heal the daughter, that just wasn't, that's just not true. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing that says a God can't miraculously heal someone. Mm-hmm. Now we, um, I don't believe that there are healers today, people with the gift of healing walking around, right. but God can miraculously heal. Should he choose? He mm-hmm. chose not to in his sovereignty. Um, and God has a plan and he works all things good for those who love him. Mm-hmm. Um, always got to remember these things. Um, but here's the thing I want to kind of push back. Yes, I don't agree with that Christian she was talking to mm-hmm. who mentioned that furniture. It's not the right time to say something like that. Exactly. But we should not, as Christians, feel guilty for praising God for blessing us. Mm-hmm. He blesses us all the time. Even a glass of water. You yes. know, Luke came. I came into Luke's house. He gave me two cans of Sprite. I can praise God for that. I don't have yes. to feel guilty. Yes. And, you know, um, there are people I know who are sick right now, um, and God hasn't healed them. I prayed for them to be healed, but they're not. Um, that shouldn't stop me from thanking God, right. uh, whether you eat or you drink, to all to the glory right. of God. Right, right. Uh, we, that's what we do as Christians. But, right. again, I will say... You know, it's an it's yeah. an unbiblical view of God, and that was yeah. what was one of the most radical things about Christ is you know, mm-hmm. is, and, and God, God in general is a very present help in a time of trouble. Amen. And and uh, if you lose your keys, you know that's a huge inconvenience, a first world problem. But it's yeah. it, we can't pretend. Well, just because people don't have much to eat, that means doesn't mean I can't feel bad about losing my keys, mm. uh, or be inconvenienced about losing my keys. Now that adds some perspective. But, but here's the thing. It doesn't mean that you can't say, well, thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayers and helping me find my keys. I've lost my yes. keys many times, and I said, thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering my prayers. I've, you know, we, for, you know, the, the Bible says, cast all your cares on him. Okay, if it's a care, then cast mm-hmm. it on him. Okay? The, it, that's what that lady doesn't understand, that these people have cares that are beyond your daughter. They have cares. They have a life that doesn't revolve around your daughter. Okay, and they have problems that are not as bad as not as bad as your daughter, but they're problems nonetheless. Yeah. Okay, it's still a problem. All right. Now, I don't think 
finding the, the right piece of furniture. <laughs> I'm not sure if that can be defined as a as like an, an objective problem. It seems to me like that's like I in the eye of the beholder. And I would like to meet somebody who actually said, "Oh yeah, that's a serious problem." And I prayed about finding the right piece of furniture. Um, I would love to have a conversation with that person about that. But let me let me read to you from Deuteronomy. Mm. Um, so uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight says, "For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land." Verse seven. A land of brooks of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and of whose hills you can, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall sell everything you have and move to Africa because that's how the righteous are supposed to live. After the Lord blesses you, you gotta. It says right here in Deuteronomy, feel bad about being truly blessed and having a full belly, and you know, do what uh, what was a radical guy? What was his name? Oh, uh, David Platt. David Platt. David do Platt. what he did. Feel bad and guilty about American <clears throat> consumerism and materialism, and go out and live in Africa and get some perspective. No, it's not what Deuteronomy says. Deuteronomy says, "You shall eat and be full, and you." The, here's the price. This is the price of of, of the God that we serve. He doesn't demand sacrifice. You don't have to give back to him um, uh, because your your belly is full. You know you don't have to go out and and burn a dove, or you don't have to go out. I mean, we, we uh, in in this situation you were supposed to tithe, but that was irrespective to whether you were full full or not. You still had to tithe, right? But in this situation, he doesn't say just make sure you tithe when you when when you have that full belly. He says you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that He has given you. What other idol? allows you to be happy hmm. like that uh, when you're in this great land that you didn't you know, olive trees i mean that you did not plant fig trees you did not plant you're eating the fruit of other people's labor and all i want you to do is be thankful hmm. that's all i want you to do just be fa- thankful that's not too much to ask from from god and that's a wonderful god who cares about yes. his people is very present help in a time of trouble this is a god that this lady doesn't understand and she's hmm. talking about other people and she's getting bitter because people are praying about furniture okay but you should look at that situation and say, what a great, great country I live in mm. where people are praying about furniture and not about what food am I going to get tomorrow. You know, and, and the response of many Christians today is to feel bad about excess rather than pray for excess for other people. Mm. Pray, Lord, bring see this excess? I'm so glad that I have this excess. Lord, thank you. My, my belly is full. I'm remembering and I'm blessing you, Lord, and I, and I pray for this blessing for other people. And I'm going to work to make sure that other people... But the response is, no, i got to become like them. i got to become poor. Mm. I have to sell all my stuff. I have to get rid of everything because that's the only way. you know. But no, God says when your belly is full and, and you're happy and everything's going great, just bless me. That's it. Mm. Say thank you, Lord. Offer up the thanksgiving. That's what he wants. And that's what this lady doesn't understand. That these people are blessing God for the little things in their life. Yes. Oh, we all say that all the time. Just, man, I wish I could be thankful for the little things. These are little things in life. Here they are thanking God for the little things. And this lady's getting bitter. You shouldn't be doing that. That's not the correct response. Just because your problem is worse doesn't mean that you cannot celebrate with these people mm. in their little small victories in life. Okay, and that's the God that we serve. He's involved at a very close level, even in these things that you think may be irrelevant, but he's involved. For it says in Hebrews, Christ is upholding the universe by the word of his power. Amen. Every single atom is held together by him. And it's okay to say, Lord, where are my keys? Help me find them. Thank you, Lord, for helping me find my keys. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, um, and that's, I love that you said that, uh, you know, sometimes, <laughs> and this is another thing I'm talking about, my wife sometimes on the podcast, and like, sometimes like, <laughs> 
I don't say it so much anymore, but I used to say she'd be like upset about an issue and I'd be like, this, this doesn't matter. And she's like, it's important to me. Mm. Like, you know, and I'm just, and uh, how easily we can belittle other people, what people, other people view is important. Now, of course, like you're saying, we should be able to put things in degrees. Like, Mm -hmm. is it a need or is this a want? Is this an urgent need or is this an urgent want? And we got to be able to differentiate, but God cares about the little things and that's a wonderful thing. And I also just want to point out that this idea of feeling bad for God blessing you doesn't bring honor to Christ. Hmm. It, I don't, I don't think it does. In fact, I remember we were praying at one point and I remember, uh, I can't remember, uh, you know, if you're praying for God to protect you, like that's okay. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Be willing to suffer for Christ, but um, don't feel bad. Don't be like, I don't know if I should pray for you to protect me, God. Like, no, like God wants us to pray for those things. God yes. wants, if you need something or even, even if you want something, it's okay to ask God for those things. Mm-hmm. As long as it's done with the heart of like, uh, God, I know you can do this. I want to believe that you will do this, but even if you don't, I love you anyway. Yes. Um, and I think, and this is where the communism starts, right? You mm-hmm. know, is, is, uh, or at the very least how CRT starts where it's like, you have to get the people that have things to feel guilty about those things yes. and we'll take things from you because they don't really belong to you. And yes. you know, I, what I find interesting yes. about the story of Zacchaeus and, and uh, you know, he, he doesn't get rid of all his money. I mean, he pays back, yeah. he pays back, but Jesus didn't say, no, no, that's not enough Zacchaeus. It seemed like he kind of left it up to the conscience of Zacchaeus on that. Now, of course the spirit was leading that. Right. Um, but you know, yes. I don't, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it says, here's the cap of how much money you're supposed to have as an individual, as a yes. Christian. Yes. Now, the rich are supposed to be generous, like we see that in scripture, yes. but it never says, eh, you're getting a little too rich there. Right. The only person who has a cap is, I believe, the king of Israel. Like, that's the only thing. And, right. and, and that seems to be more in tied with don't overtax the people and acquire riches for yourself. Right. You'll begin to trust more in, in your power than in God. But as far as the individual is concerned, Luke, I'm not aware that no. God puts caps on that. So like, no. I remember you were talking to that uh, girl at the uh, outreach, like, you yes. know, and you asked her the simple question, how much is too much? Yes. And he's, and she said, Elon Musk. And, okay. and she's, and you're like, well, by what standard, like, is Elon Musk have too much money? Cause like, according to, uh, comparatively from a third world country, you have too much money. Exactly. Why can't, are they going to be allowed to take from you? And, and she didn't really have an answer for that. And that's because she doesn't have a standard. And it's like, the Bible allows you to be blessed Mm-hmm. And that your blessings are meant to be used to help others yes. and to bless the Lord, like yes. to thank him for those things. And to bless you. Yeah, and to bless you. Radical concept <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, it's okay. But it's, but it's actually really great to provide well for your family and 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 use money to get rid of a lot of your cares. Mm. That's a great and wonderful thing. Yes. You know, that's a blessing from the Lord. And, you know, the Lord talks about, the Bible talks about money more than probably any other religious book in the world. You know, the mm. Bible talks about money more than a lot of other things. Um, and, but it's, it's okay to be blessed by the Lord. It's okay to have more than somebody else. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Joseph of Arimathea had a lot of money. Solomon, Mm -hmm. obviously the Bible calls it a good thing when Solomon was rich. He had a lot of money. They called it a good thing. It wasn't like, you know, like then, then Solomon, he got money and (laughs) turned his heart away from the Lord. Wasn't that what, what, that's not what turned his heart away from the Lord. Mm. You know, the, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. But, you know, to be thankful for money is not the root of all kinds of evil, you know? So the, the Lord calls us to be thankful when he blesses us not to feel guilty and not to be angry or, or have a spirit of bitterness towards other people when they don't have it as bad as you. Mm. That, that, that problem with that little girl, 
is 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 a huge problem. And and if if I had a daughter, it would give me perspective, just like I gave that woman perspective. Mm. That woman had perspective. Yes, she had perspective, but she used it for ill. She used it for the wrong things. Rather than looking around and saying, counting her blessings, she looked around at the blessings of other people and said, well, I want that too, and I'm bitter, and now I'm going to reject God because he hasn't answered the prayer, my prayers in the way that I want them to. Mm-hmm. And that was just the end of her faith. Goodness knows what she's been thinking before that. And I just want to add something here too, that John Owen had 11 children, 10 of whom died in childbirth. And I think that if she was to look at um, at his situation, would she be able to complain anymore and look at other people and say, you know, that's where I lost my faith in God? Well, do do you think John Owen would be able to look at her and and, and say, here's where I lost my faith in you? Because he had ten, he had a, a, a eleven children, ten of whom died, died in childbirth, and the eleventh one died, and I think in her early twenties from 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 tuberculosis or consumption is what they called it. You know, if, if, and of course he held his faith. He was one of the greatest theologians of all time. And he held, he held his faith, that that faith, that didn't stop him. Obviously a lot of other people probably had more blessings than he did, but he lost 10 children in childbirth, in infancy. He lost 10 children. So, I mean, who do you think you are to say, well, my child has these horrible circumstances and... Now, now, now I look at the happiness of other people and what they pray about, and that makes me lose faith in God. Well, I think John Owen is going to look at her and say, well, I'm I'm losing faith in you because I kept my faith and I lost 10 children. You still have your baby. Your baby's still alive. Anyway, well, let's go to this chat. We got a lot of chats on there. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Good, good. Uh, So Tyrus is excited about this one. I'm going to connect with my roots here today (laughs) because I watched this guy like, what, six six times? And my wife was like, are you listening to it again? I'm like, you don't know. Because like, I remember one time I was guest preaching somewhere and they thought I was going to sound something like this guy. And I'm like, no, I don't. It wouldn't be natural if I tried. Right, right. My goodness, that classic black pastor yes. voice like it is. Yes. <laughs> i'm gonna die <laughs> I, i'm not a fan of the gold chain yeah but yeah, but, but whatever <laughs> I mean, you know what I, I i'm gonna take my own words and say if he has, if he has been blessed by doing the right thing then i'm happy for you sir but um here we go let's take a listen because this guy has got a lot of good things to say feel that uh, and we're going to preach in just a moment that well wouldn't do you first off this guy had just come from a, a council meeting did you see that Oh, no way. He, he was at, I think it was him, but he was at a town council meeting or, or like one of those, um, you know, township meetings where, you know, they have the, uh, the board there and, mm. you know, you know, black pastor owns board or whatever, something like that was the name. And he was up there, you know, saying, uh, uh, saying other things. And he was, he was saying, I'm fighting for my grandchildren. I think it was him because he had the Jesus pride thing. Mm. I think it was him. Which by the way, is not an endorsement of the LGBT. This no. confused me at first when he first sent me this video. I was like, Oh, well, why, why, yes. why are you sending me this? Yes. But no, it's, it's, it's in protest against the gay flag. Yes. Uh, they, they want to take back the rainbow. Yes. This is what's... All right. So he's going to, he's going to explain himself here. Thank you guys are kind of going over the top with this Jesus pride thing. Well, I'll let you judge. In February, there is LBGT plus history month in the United Kingdom. And we recognize that over here. In March, on March the 31st, it's uh, International Transgender Day of Visibility. March 20th, National Native HIV AIDS Awareness Day. March the 10th, National Women and Girls HIV AIDS Awareness Day. 
April the 6th, International Asexual, Asexuality Day. April the 10th, National Youth HIV AIDS Awareness Day. April the 26th, Lesbian Visibility Day. May, well, May the 17th, International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. May the 19th, National Asian Pacific Islander HIV AIDS Awareness Day. I didn't know about half of these. May, <laughs> that's in March, but it's May the 19th. May the 22nd, Harvey Milk Day. May the 24th, Pansexual and Panoramic Awareness and Visibility Day. June, LBGT Pride, GTQ Pride Month, June 26th, anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court legalizing marriage equality. June the 30th, Queer Youth Day, June the 28th, Stonewall Day, June the 27th, National HIV Testing Day, July, July the 16th, International Drag Day. <sighs> <laughs> that sigh. Gay Uncle's Day. Gay Uncle's Day. Oh my God. August, I'm, I'm telling you, August the 20th, Southern HIV AIDS Awareness Day. September, September the 18th, National HIV AIDS and Aging Awareness Day. September the 23rd, Bisexual Plus Awareness Week culminates. Uh. In celebrated Bisexuality Day on September the 23rd. September the 27th, National, and I don't call them gay, Men's HIV AIDS Awareness Day. October, LBGTQ History Month in the United States. Uh, October the 8th, International Lesbian Day. October the 11th, National uh, Coming Out Day. October the 15th, National Latinx HIV AIDS Awareness Day. October the 19th. National LGBT Center Awareness Day. Third Wednesday in October, International um, Pronouns Day. Third day in October, to, in October, done. Spirit Day. Last week in October, Asexual Awareness Day. Uh, the 26th of October, Intersex Awareness Day. <laughs> First Sunday in November, Transgender Parents Day. November the 3rd through the 19th, Transgender Awareness Week. November the 20th, Transgender Day of Remembrance. December, December the 1st, World AIDS Day. December the 8th, Pansexual, Panromantic Pride Day. Uh, December the 14th, HIV Cure Research Day. And so uh, they have quite a few days. I, I think we'll just name it LGBTQ Year. <laughs> just call it a day. Preach it, Pastor. Do you see how wicked this is? Amen. Amen. And sometimes th those of us who are aware of all of this attention that's dedicated to a lifestyle that the Bible calls an abomination. So when we stand and cry, there are even amongst those amongst us who feel that, well, I think it's overdone. Well, if you think that's, uh, that, that our cry is overdone, you just don't know what's going on. These people aren't playing. 
They are trying to ram this stuff down our throats. And as believers, we are not going to allow them to do that. Amen. And as believers, we are not going to allow them to do that. Listen, I, I, I was thinking about this. The black community is a sleeping giant. Yeah. The black community is a sleeping giant. You know, once the black people get involved, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, any, is that why you got me on this podcast? No, but, I, but I'm saying as, as a people, where are they in this fight? Where are they? And, and I'm seeing this guy. I'm like, okay, okay. There they are. Look at the power. Look at the authority. And you know, the, 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 the proponents of all this sexual perversion, they don't know what to do when a minority or a person of color is arguing with them because in their mind, Anytime I argue with a person of color, I'm silencing their voice, mm. right? And so they don't know what to do when a person of color... So it's easy to argue against a white guy. I say, well, you're just white and I don't have to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. But but if I'm talking um, to... Like I've seen... Ah, there's, there's somebody my sisters always follow. I forget her name, but she's like a black protester of black protesters. She's like hated mm. even... Like, you mean Candace Owens? No, it's not Candace Owens. Oh, okay. She's way more, uh, way more extreme than Candace Owens. Um, I forget her name. Um, but she, like, she will go to drag queen story hours and stand up and just, and, and, and they just look in their eyes and like, we, they don't know how to argue against her. Mm. Right. They don't know, they don't know what to do because it's a strong black woman. Yeah. Right. And we worship at the feet of strong black women. <laughs> right. And, and so when she starts like, getting up there and saying, you know, this, this is wrong. You guys are all wrong. They, they don't know what to do. You know, and, and usually if it was me, they'd be cussing me out. You mother effer, they'd be throwing things at me. But her, they, they're actually trying to reason with her. Right. And, uh, it, it's, it's quite a thing to watch. Mm. And the black community is a sleeping giant. Mm -hmm. if, if, if they would grab this by the horns, I, the, the LGBTQ community would not know, mob, I'm not going to say community anymore, they're mob, mm -hmm. that, that mob would not know what to do mm -hmm. because I thought you were my ally, I thought you were my friend, we were, we're riding on your coattails, and when you turn <laughs> around to smack us off, we don't know what to do. Whose coattails can we ride on anymore? Right? And so, and so this, this kind of authority and power by the black community can be a very useful tool if they would just assemble and organize themselves in, in, in the correct way. But I, I, like when, again, when I, when I go up there and I see the street preachers, very few of them are black. I rarely ever see the black churches out there doing anything about it. Well, unfortunately, um, what's sad is this, this pastor is probably very few and far between. Hmm. Most, most of the black churches are, are liberal, unfortunately. Um, and it, it's a sad thing because... I like how you, how you put that because like you know where where are, where are these guys and uh, I remember I remember um, Vody Bakum you know vote I love Vody mm. love Vody and mm -hmm. like one of the things that he got flack for because he doesn't preach in an all black churches he they they said you're robbing the black church of one of its best and brightest like people said that to him because like oh, a lot wow, of really? a lot of black oh, ministers. Goodness. You know, they don't they don't go to seminary. And again, you don't have to go to seminary to be an effective minister. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that um, in the black community, particularly, um, not a lot of them do go to seminary. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them are in liberal areas. Um, you know, the Democrats have completely brainwashed uh, the black community. Like, you know, it's an, it, that's why I was able to walk up to those silent witnesses and they immediately thought I was on their side. It's just assumed. Mm -hmm. And, yes. you know, the yes. the. The problem is bigger than the church not standing on the scripture. It, it started at home. Like, you know, the the black home in America is absolutely eviscerated. 
You know, they, they empowered, the women got empowered. Yes. We don't need no man. Yeah. And by the way, that when, when you say, I don't need no man, who do you picture in your head? It's usually not a white woman. Hmm. She's a black woman. And there's a reason for that because they got empowered to not need a man. The government will take care of you. We'll take care of everything. And by the way, we're, we're here to give you an abortion, which by the way, Margaret Sang- Sanger, who equated black people to weeds, mm-hmm. one of her goals, she was a terrible racist. And she seems to have succeeded because abortion affects the black community more than any other community. And so now the family is destroyed. The church is a wreck. And men like this are few and far between. Hmm. They, they just are. And yeah. what needs to happen is not just a revival of the church, a revival in the home. Um, because uh, unfortunately, it's incentivized um, for men not to step up in the black community. Mm-hmm. The, the criminality is praised. When you have a statue of George Floyd... On Juneteenth, I think that statue is still around. I don't know where it is. I heard, I, I maybe that maybe I'm wrong on that. I thought I heard like they erected a statue to him, and it's like this is what's praised. It doesn't have to do. And I'm not saying that there's a problem with ethnicity. I'm not saying that black people are inherently like not theologically astute. That's not the problem. Hmm. The problem is culture. Mm-hmm. What does the black community, inner city black culture, is what I mean? What do they prize? Mm-hmm. It's criminals. It's not theologians. Mm-hmm. It's not. And so what's the only thing that's going to change that is a radical move of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And I just otherwise, because if the black church stood up, it would really affect yes. this. Because yes. And I remember when I stood up against CRT, I, it was basically like, well, Tyrus, you, you have a black body, but you don't have a black voice. You could, and that really just means you don't agree with us. Mm-hmm. And there are people who are very upset with me because I don't follow along with the narrative. I'm like, well, just because I'm black doesn't mean I have to fall in with you. Yes. I'm with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm following him. And this is, and what you're saying and what you're doing is complete contradiction to that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like... It's been it's been stunted, Luke, and it's the saddest thing. Yes, because it could be it could be better. Yes, it's a sleeping giant, and you know those if they have a lot of power that they're not using, mm. a lot of social capital that they <laughs> are not using, and and I, I I really wish they would. And once and Lord willing that they turn it on, any community really except the Asians because it's, it's apparently it's okay to you know for the 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 left or you know, mm. um, those people to not care about the Asians, you know, and then, you know, only really care when, if it's a club against, you know, certain groups of people. But, uh, if, if they would just stand up and, and use the social capital that they have that, like that, Paul using his Roman citizenship. Yes. Paul using his Roman citizen. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, that's a, that's a great demonstration of here's a free gift. Use it. You know, the, the, I believe especially the blacks, they have a free gift and they're not using it. I wish they would. Now, getting on to the next video, I, I wanted to pl- I wanted to play that whole video, and people might just say, "Why'd you play that whole video, guys? We got to ram it into our heads how serious these people are about spreading perversion. Mm-hmm. That's how serious. They are. Look at how many days they have no problem being a hypocrite uh, about you know getting tha- hundreds and thousands of, of days um, over the course of 10, 20, 30 years for their own people. Um, and, and, you know, complaining about Christmas and complaining about Thanksgiving and Easter and, oh my, you know, those kinds of, well, everyone else, everyone else has their own special day, but look how many days that they have celebrating perversion. And we got, we got the big, we got the big holidays, which are going by the boards. They're still in a press class, by the way, even yeah, though they yeah, have a day I for know. every month of the year. Exactly. <laughs> for every single one. And even black people get one month. Yeah, truly. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not even a fan of black history month. <laughs> I like, you ever see that video with Morgan Freeman? Yes. <laughs> so great yes. he's like i don't want it yes right. black history is american history 
<laughs> Another guy, he's like tried so hard not to be. Well, I'm not white. I'm Jewish. Uh, same thing. Uh, do, no, do you want a Jewish people. month? Yeah. No? no, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> Andy Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. Uh, okay, so here we go. Um, let's go back to the dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, we're out of Chad Central Station. We're going to go back in the dumpster fire for our <sighs> last video today. No. And we're. Uh, Tyrus, you shared this one with Beth, Beth Moore versus White Supremacy. Oh my gosh. Hooray. Beth Moore. Beth Moore. Just, just give everyone a, a, an update where I'm Beth Moore is. A close brother in the faith who would swear and declare he is not a racist. He cannot see that his circle of guy friends could be poster people for your everyday white male Christian supremacists. We aren't skinheads, they'd say. And technically, no, they're not. You don't have to be a skinhead to be a white supremacist. But that doesn't matter. Who cares what you say? <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is just have white skin and yeah. you're a white supremacist. I don't even know. That's evidence. gonna be a shock to somebody. They would absolutely tell you that they believed in equality. That minorities have all the same opportunities as whites. That opportunities have improved should be enough. Compared to back then, there's nothing to complain about. That's like saying to a wife that her husband's porn addiction is an improvement over his physical adultery, so you have nothing to complain about anymore. Ugh. Their idea of a really impressive, well-read black person is one who shares their values, uses their speech, and dresses in similar styles to them. White in virtually every way except skin color. I'm you're, close did you hear what she just said? Being well-read and educated is white. <laughs> Who's the real racist? That's true. Who's yes. the real racist? <laughs> sorry, I'm not going to let that go. That uh, that really offends me. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Well, if you're well-read, you're white. Yeah, no. right, right, right. White in every way. What does it mean to be white in every way? Well, it means you're a well-educated Christian. Well-educated, well-spoken person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I the new racists, man. How did I did not see this. I, I, well, I I don't know. I mean, once you once you get on that train and and, and you commit yourself to that ideology, uh, like uh, uh, um, to, to to forsake Christ is to forsake consistency. Yeah. We keep saying that on this podcast, Luke, but it's I, true. I want to hear your thoughts on that whole uh, comparison she made to the to the uh, uh, wife who has a husband who stopped physically cheating on her and is now doing pornography, and how that equates to. Black people having the same rights and things being better than it used to be, um, that that's the same. Th that's basically the same thing philosophically. Like, well, I want to hear your thoughts on that. I, I mean that that comparison, uh, you know, it makes it look like you're saying a lot, but you're, but you're, but you're, you're, you're bearing false witness about, yeah, about what, what's going on there. That's that's a lie. Okay, yeah. that is, is is a lie, and she made it a lie at the end when she she said to be well educated and well dressed is to be white. And um, when she gets up there and says your husband's porn addiction, um, uh, you know, is is better than his physical adultery. Uh, first off, she's again, she's behind the times. I'm sorry, Beth, but 10 years from now, you're going to say, well, porn. Eh. And it's just a man expressing himself differently. You know, Dennis it, Prager, yeah. De Dennis Prager, you know, get 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 on the train. Get on the train, Beth. You know where this is going because we're going towards porn ain't that bad because we're accepting all sexual perversion. And we've obviously we can't go to the Bible for standards because the Bible, uh, you know, never teaches people to say, well, you know, uh, somebody said to me, uh, I, you know, I, I, since I'm a black person and I was at the store, one white person asked me if I could reach up that uh, that uh, jar of peanut butter and hand it down to her, all that kind of stuff, and that's racism and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's that's that was a legitimate complaint. That was a legitimate. I'm not joking you. That's a legitimate complaint by. I'm, by, I'm not making that up. That's a legitimate complaint by oh what's her gosh. face. Um, 
Please tell um, me who that Michelle is. Michelle Obama. No. That was, yeah, racism is alive and well because one time a white lady asked me if I could grab something off the shelf for her. I'm not even joking you. That's what she said. Okay. Um, uh, and and, and uh, this is this is again not you. This is a different uh, standard of weights and measurements. Okay. Yes. This is this is saying you know well the reason bad things happen to you is because people are racist. Hmm. I have been to many events and people have called me slurs. You effing white person, all that kind of stuff online. People use slurs against me all the time. Now to Beth Moore, she's not going to say, "Oh wow, what an example of racism." That's an example of racism. She's not going to say that. She's going to say, well, you're fine, whatever. That's not racist. You're fine. Yeah, okay. Maybe, or maybe she might even say, well, okay, maybe that's wrong, but that's not systematic. Okay? Mm. And, and, uh, but, but if someone else, a person of color says, well, you know, this one time um, I had the cops called on me. Oh, that's racism. You know, trying to, find, trying to find a reason to condemn a certain class or group of people. I was stealing that, a stereo at the time. I was t- <laughs> well, e- even, even that. You know, I mean, uh, I've, had the, I've had the cops called on me. For no reason, okay? To Beth Moore, who cares? So what? You're fine. For a person of color, oh, you poor dear. You poor innocent person, you know? So it's a, it's a different standard of, of weights, weights and measurements and all this kind of stuff. Every time a person of color has a complaint, Beth Moore is never going to say, oh, come on. Come on. Would you grow up? You know, look at this great place you're in. You're fine, okay? Look at the rest of the world. People, there's, your brothers and sisters over in Africa are having their arms chopped off yeah. uh, because they won't join the Lord's army. You know, that kind of a stuff. You, you, you have it so well that those Africans would laugh at you if you complained to them. You know, she's not going to say that. She's going to, oh, you poor dear. You know, it's this different standard of weights and measurements that she's saying, um, and she's bringing it to the table to justify that horrible comparison between sin and sin mm-hmm. to... Uh, um, uh, uh, legislated, legislated wickedness versus um, uh, coincidental uh, occurrences. Yeah, you know um, that's that's way wrong. You know, I mean that's that is not a just comparison. That's a wicked comparison, um, and and she's she is furthering a false narrative. And at this point, I'm like, this is not a Christian person. No, because God loves justice, and she's saying right here, I hate justice by uh, denying fair weights and measurements towards my brothers and sisters. I'm denying you that, you know, and, and, and obviously bringing a different standard of weights and measurements and insulting entire communities of people yes. by saying, if you're educated and well-dressed, you're white. Yeah, it, it, it just, it made my skin crawl. And Beth Moore, like, she's been a problem for a long time. Uh, she recently, yeah. uh, it was like last year, she got booted out of the SBC. And I don't know... Has her influence gone down? I hope so. It oh, kind of seems so. seems like it has, but yeah. it's just what's sad is Beth, you you can't survive this ideology. Yeah, you're still white. Yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. it's only going to be a matter yes. of time before they come after you. Yes. Like it's like, right. and this is the thing that that was so crazy when the church. I think that maybe the, I'm sure there are still many churches adopting CRT, mm-hmm. but I I may be wrong, but it seems quieter in the church than it was a couple of years ago. With George Floyd, and I think it's because people started realizing the repentance and the redemption never comes. Hmm. You cannot be redeemed if you are white in this ideology, and so you have a system that has no redemption. It's just continual repentance yes, forever, right, exactly, which is completely antithetical to Christianity. Yes, and as Christians, like how how are we supposed to deal with that? Our entire system 
is based on the fact that we repent and turn to Christ and he gives us redemption. Mm-hmm. And, and, and trying to adopt this system, and Beth Moore, I don't know how long it's going to take for her to realize this. I've heard Christian leaders say this. They're like, I will never, I, I, will, I will always be racist for the rest of my life because I'm white. And they've never done anything racist. They're just saying, like, mm-hmm. I will I will never be able... I think he even said, I'll never be redeemed by my whiteness. And I'm like, what kind of Christianity is that? Mm-hmm. What kind of Christianity is that? I just mm-hmm. want to... Yeah. Ugh, it makes me so angry. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, it, it literally makes me so angry because I'm just like, this is this is just wrong. Like, this doesn't bring honor to Christ. And, and you know, I think it breaks his heart, actually. Because I think there are genuine Christians who have been kind of swept into this. Who, who have been deceived and they're really... I remember when I first started speaking out about this in my church, all-white church, and people were like, I've been in fear and anxiety about this for mm. like a year. Mm. And mm. it only took me reading a couple passages to be like, this is ridiculous. Yes. Don't listen to it. Right. And it set people free. And, and, and that's what happens when you just read the Bible. <laughs> and, and But it's, it's just... What happens it's, when you believe the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> many, many people... Yeah. Many pe- I mean, everyone's always like, well, read your Bible. Now, I stop telling people to read their Bible. I start telling them, Believe your Bible. Mm. Believe it. Amen. Many people they read it as a matter of course, but they're not they're not committed to the idea of believing it. Mm. Um, so the the reason most people are committed to reading the Bible is because they believe it first. But if you're just like idea this uh, committed to this idea of just reading it but not believing it, then you, then then both of them are going to go by the boards. Mm. But if you believe it first and then you start reading it and come in with the with the idea this is the Word of God, that is going to affect your reading. And, uh, and a lot of people, they know, like, uh, I'm tempted to say, well, don't you read your Bible? And I talk about passages, and they, and they have an answer for that passage. So they've read it. They just don't believe it. Mm. You know? So I, I'm always encouraging people, not only read it, but for goodness sakes, believe it. And here's the story. I tell this story. Here's Michelle Obama, just to close things out today. <laughs> I tell this story. This is a quote from her. I tell the story, I mean, even as the first lady, during that wonderfully publicized trip, I took to Target, not highly disguised, the only person who came up to me in the store was a woman who asked me to help her take something off a shelf, she told people. Because she didn't see me as the first lady, she saw me as someone who could help her. Those kinds of things happen in life, so it isn't anything new. So there you go. Systematic racism alive and well because a woman asked her to help take something off the shelf. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I saw you as someone who could help me. That's no longer a compliment. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's now racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But but I mean, but and, and there and and there's Beth Moore going. Oh, you poor dear. <laughs> oh, you poor dear. You know, I'm surprised it didn't make it into her speech. You know? know, that one time Michelle Obama was asked by. You know, I mean, that, that's that that's that's the kind of slowness we're dealing with. But anyway, just to uh, close everything out, folks, go to Etsy.com. Buy your Rapture kits. They're available. Uh, it's in 17 carts right now. It's in 17 carts. There's 17 people right now who are ready to buy their rapture kits with a hundred hours of audio. A hundred hours. A hundred hours. Oh my goodness. This devil's like, let's get it started early. Here you go. Rapture kit. First step. It's, it's, it's insane. The hundred hours of audio. Oh, kill me now. Join the rapture kit family today. Yeah. <laughs> um, Folks, this has been Low Hanging Fruit with uh, your hosts, Luke and Tyrus. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. We encourage everyone listening to Think and Reform, and we will see you next time. Yeah.